All right, we have got so much to talk about. Let's, you know what? Let's just start where you and I were talking about uh, when all of a sudden we realized, oh crap, we needed to actually hit record and start yeah. talking and do the show. Um, just found out, just like everyone else did through social media, Trey made that uh, pretty powerful tweet. Um, well, I guess by the time everyone sees this, it will have been a few days ago, but yeah. I just saw that tweet that uh, apparently Trey is going to be, and rightfully so, Trey's got so many responsibilities with the league as the CMO. Um, and he and I have talked about this a little bit in the past. I mean, Trey, Trey feels like, um, you know, the broadcasting is taking a lot of his time and, and he probably is better served for the greater purpose of the league to have, um, as much bandwidth available to be an executive, to be an administrator, you know, of the league. And that he just feels like the broadcasting is kind of taking away his time to, to really run, run the league. Yeah, uh, I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, Stacy's the king, right? Right. But 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 Trey's right there. I mean, Trey's the heir apparent, and right. and and he needs to be in the office. He needs to be that administrator. He needs to be that person who's there for for rules and and for regulations and for schedules and for any issues that come up with with the with the players and the pros. I mean, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that he needs to be responsible for. So that being said. He's going to turn some of those responsibilities over to Anthony, which I'm super excited about. Um, you and I love Anthony. Great guy. Um, he's a terrific person, but but uh, he's he's a very analytical um, analyst, which would be perfect. On TV. He's, he's I mean, actually even more analytical than Trey. They're very similar, yeah. but but he's even more kind of dense analytically than Trey is. So it's kind of kind of incredible, actually, that you get yeah, that it, kind of mind. So, so we'll see if we can get Anthony on maybe next week or the week after. It'd be a good time to have him on. And Anthony is also a great story. I mean, we had him on the podcast probably six months ago, maybe, yeah, uh, may, maybe maybe longer. And uh, he has just like you do. Um, he has he has a very deep past, and um, it has shaped who he is. And you and I were just talking about this that you know his personality um, that you see. Um, probably, I think it's fair to say, and we'll ask him about it, hides a lot of, um, his past and, sure. and a lot of the pain that he's, that he's had to deal with, with his, with his family. Yeah. I, I think people like Anthony, I've, I've always actually been jealous of people like Anthony. They have the ability to compartmentalize, right? Like, you know, I'm going to stuff all this baggage into this corner and leave it over here. And then I'm going to get hyper-focused on these things that I have to hyper-focus on. Yeah. And it allows your brain to not worry about that. I mean, I've, I've never been that kind of person. I really wish I could be. But, you know, Anthony, we were just talking about, like, Anthony has the ability to riff. He has the ability to discuss, you know, things just off the top of his head. But I think he prefers it. Like, like give me the script. Let me memorize it. Right? Because he can. Because he's, he's smart. Yeah, exactly. Let, let me memorize everything I have to say. And then let's yeah. go from there. And. I'm the exact opposite kind of person. As, so as it, am I. Yeah, and, and it's just, <laughs> it's interesting to be, but you're still, you're, I mean, you're not quite like that, but you're, you're, you're very professional. You have everything, you know, written out. You've got all the stuff that you want to know about people. It's all there in front of you. You're not just coming up with stuff off of, you know, just off the top of your head. I'm it's a big all, fan of bullet points. Yeah. Yes, you are a, you are a bullet point machine. Yeah, yeah. On that computer. I mean, and, and you have to be, right? Because yeah. it's impossible to memorize everything, right? So I've always been jealous of that. Yeah. So that'll be great to have Anthony on, talk to him again, kind of dive into that a little bit. And I can't wait to to broadcast more of the shootouts with him. And again, it doesn't mean that we're not going to see Trey. 
we have so many events this year, right? So we're still going to see plenty of Trey. He's still going to be on all the nationals. I think he's still doing uh, in the world championships, obviously. I think he's still doing all the teams broadcasts yeah. and maybe the super holes. I don't, I don't know if I know Anthony's doing the shootouts and Anthony might be doing the super holes as well, but there's still think so. there, there is so much to yeah. do. And, and to be honest with you, at some point, um, Trey and I have talked about this. We're going to need another broadcast team, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like the NFL. I mean, they have, they have, I mean, how many different broadcast teams, 20 different broadcast teams, right? We're getting to that point where we're going to have to have multiple broadcast teams. If this, if this TV stuff continues with teams and shootouts and super holes and nationals and world mm -hmm. championships. And if we ever start doing stuff with opens, um, you know, we can't, we can't be everywhere. So it's a good, yeah. good problem it, to have. It, it, it's champagne problems, right? Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Um, again, so much to talk about. How about that shitty game last night? Well, I guess by the time people see this on Thursday, it'll be yeah. Monday. It, it, I mean, I guess if you're a Georgia fan, it wasn't that bad. But yeah, it, it's so funny because I mean, my mom got her PhD at Georgia. She lived in Athens for eight years, so she kind of got sucked in by it all, you know. So yeah. she loves Georgia. Talking to her last night, going into you know, she ecstatic, loves it, and I was like, yeah, but I bet lots of people are turning off the TV. Yep, the network's not liking it. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, if you're a Georgia fan, great. But from a from just a football fan perspective, that game was awful. It was just, terrible, just awful. And you, I thought Georgia was better, but what happened? It's as if TC. It's as if it literally looked like you know, like when you're watching an MMA fight or a boxing match, and one yeah. fighter's completely outclassed, and they just kind of go into a ball, right? Mm -hmm. Just you know. Finish me off. I'm going into a ball. I'm done. It just, they had, they, it's as if they knew they couldn't win. They had zero chance to win and they just kind of laid down. And that's, that's yeah. unfortunate. It's, it's just, it, it just proves the point that Georgia is just, it's just at a different level. And, and I know this makes people mad. And I tweeted about it last night. I saw you liked it. But the high echelon teams, the SEC, it's just a different level. It's a different level for everybody. It's not just the players, it's the coaches. And that showed last night. Mm -hmm. With all due respect to Max and Sonny and, and everyone on staff and everyone on the field for TCU, they weren't prepared. They were yeah. not prepared. And I thought I thought that uh, that one of the best things that I heard was during the pregame show with Nick Saban. He said, listen, we know what Georgia does. They're going to do it to you. They just might present it a different way. And it's the coach's responsibility mm -hmm. to figure out how they're presenting their game plan and figure out another way to recognize it. And yeah. that, that sound, that sounds, it sounds maybe, I don't know. I mean, for a lot of us, like, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I kind of do from, from all the coaches meetings I've had in the past, the football broadcast, yeah. but I think it's very true. And Georgia is going to find a way to beat you last night. They use their tight ends. They don't normally do that, but they're yeah. going to find a way to beat you. You just need to quickly react and be able to stop it. And TCU couldn't, their coaches couldn't, the players couldn't. Yeah, but overall, I just I just thought it was better coaching, better players, and it's all TCU was just not at the same level. The wor the worst thing that could have happened to TCU was that Ohio State game. Yeah, scaring Georgia. Georgia didn't play well defensively. Made them mad. Made them mad. <laughs> made them refocus. That was yeah. the absolute worst. If, if Georgia goes in, beats Ohio State by two touchdowns, you know, that's not the same team that you saw last night, right? right. They're still kind of riding high on themselves. They haven't maybe focus the way they needed to, but that kind of scare and winning a game, quite frankly, they shouldn't have won in the semifinal. True. Yep. TCU I mean, the, the Ohio state, the Ohio state, the field goal kick credit chip shot, basically. That's a 50 is a 50 yarder. 
Oh, was it? I thought it was like a yeah. 40, 35, 40 it is 50 yarder. yarder. And by the way, oh. as a North Carolina fan, you ready? Noah Ruggles. Are you sure it was that, you sure it was that far, yeah. Bernie? Positive. I'd bet my life on it. It's 50 yards. You, you, now, you've done this before, no. and all of a sudden we're done. An you hour can look it up. You can look, you can look it up. Done and you're like, dude, I'm sorry. Look it up. It's 50 <laughs> yards. Because he made a 43-yarder, I guess, what it was a drive before that. And he you know, he's like kind of barely went over. I mean, he's not he, – he kicked at North Carolina for three years before he transferred. Never made a big kick. Wow. Never made a big kick. And I was sitting there watching it in my cough syrup haze of that hotel room in Myrtle Beach. I was like, there's no way he makes this. There's no way he's gonna try too hard. There's Not no way. Close. Not even close. And it's but, but regard regardless of whether it was 25 or 50 yards, you're right. Ohio State looked like the better team. Well, they got the talent. I mean, they you know with Alabama and Georgia, Ohio State has that NFL laden roster. Yeah. Right. They had talent all over that roster. TCU's got what two guys that you can think of that that you think oh well they're going to the NFL next year for sure. Yeah. Right. Well, and how about how about Max? I mean, I, you know, his draft stock was was doing this, right? I mean, yeah. he he was on a rocket ship, and then all of a sudden, I mean, they, they well, that's what the first they couldn't even get the first snap of the game off. I mean, and that's what it's going to look like. That's what it's going to look like next year when he goes to the NFL. I mean, he's going to. I agree. He's not prepared for that. He didn't play against those type of defenses in his career in the Big Twelve. And look, no knock on the Big Twelve, but Oklahoma was way down this year. Texas wasn't special. Yeah. Who did they play that was really any good? Kansas State. I mean, you saw what Alabama did to Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Right. I mean, it's yeah, it's a whole nother. The top level of the SEC is a whole nother level of football. By the way, how angry is Michigan? You turn the ball over what five times, two yeah. pick sixes. I mean, they gave that game to TCU. I know. I thought about that a lot last night. But I, mean, uh, I, yeah. I would, I would love to have seen anything. And that, that's the, the that's the the bad thing about growing up in Iowa is that other than Iowa. We had nothing. I mean, we had no teams, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> there's there's no professional teams in Iowa. Sure. So that's the bad thing. So, but but on a positive, it allows me. You know, I have I have my certain teams that I follow and my certain teams that I like. But really, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of of all sports, and I just want to see a good game. As with most people last night, right? Yeah. And that's what made it so disappointing because you know, ten minutes in, you know, I I, I hadn't even finished half my drink yet, and it's over. I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, I was I was doing ACL live last night from eight to nine. So, oh, kind it was of over the, by the time you guys were done, right? Done. It was completely done. I think it was thirty-one-seven, almost thirty-eight-seven when I when we got done. Yeah. And I mean, I looked over one point and TCU had cut to ten to seven. I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe maybe there's more to them than I think. And then you know, before you know it, five minutes later, it's whatever it was. It was thirty-one-seven. I was like, oh man, yeah. That, I wanted to see something. So yeah, it was it was painful. Hey, I took TCU. They were getting the 13 and a half points, and I thought, okay, George is gonna win this. A lot of people did that. Yeah. I mean, George is gonna I know George is gonna win, but 13 and a half points. I was thinking, I mean, TCU scored a lot of points. You know, backdoor cover, right? Like they're yeah. down 20, something exactly. like that. Yeah, that's it's exactly some... what I was thinking. They'd yeah. score a late junk, you know, you know, trash touchdown, and I'd still win. No, not even, not even close. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. I had some friends. I was little text chain, some old friends, and a couple of them were like, oh, man, definitely taking TCU. That's just too many points. I was like, I don't know, man. Georgia's just a lot better. Like, yeah. if you just lined them up and said, all right, NFL scouts, take all the players you want. <laughs> you know, they're taking a lot of guys off that Georgia roster that haven't even played this year, and they're taking two or three guys off that TCU yeah. roster. You know I mean? It just it wasn't, it wasn't a fair fight. All right, we got to move on. Um, yeah. I've, I've got one more thing. I'm feeling just a little bit salty today. 
Uh-oh. So I'm, I'm going to table this because we only have a couple minutes and, and our, our uh, special guest this week is already in queue. So I don't want to keep him uh, back in the back in queue too long because he's probably like, OK, are you guys going to have me on the show <laughs> or, or are you guys just going to talk the whole time? Just going to talk. Yeah, we're just going to talk. Um, all right. So here's something that, that I think that we need to do a better job of with the league. And I'd love for you to chew on this. You can respond now. We can maybe hit it next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that we need to do a much better job of player slash team identification. I, I, I heard some comments from, I, I get it, just friends of mine this past week, but it's really good points. We have got to remember that people watching on TV, the bags are getting too close to being the same. You cannot tell. Remember how we used to hold the bags up to, to like underneath the cameras so you yeah. can see, and we still do it. But the bags are getting too similar right now. I mean, you, you can see the difference between blue and white. All these different variations of gray, it's got to go. And I know it causes people to change, change. but you know what? We we need the sport to be. It's in the rules. It's, it's in the rules, Jeff. Yeah. What you're saying is in the rules. Uh, they're supposed there needs to, to be a sharp contrast so you can see. The players, the players have been bags. told. The players have been told. To be good with two sets of bags that are different colored, yeah, um, they refuse. They to refuse to do it. As a matter of fact, when we bring our guest on, we'll talk to him about that because I want to know why the players refuse to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's as if it's as if they refuse to have two sets of bags that they can play with. Well, it's you crazy. know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen if it continues to happen. People are going to turn it off, and that's the worst thing. And they don't, they don't get want it. People they turn it off. The players do not get that it's a I TV. Think they will. It, it, they don't look. We've been trying to get them to do this for years, Jeff. This isn't a new problem. This has been going on for years. Yeah, trying to get them to like you, you can't play with the same color backs. You just can't do it. People watching at home that don't know the sport, which are the fans you want, by the way, yep. they they get confused and it just it makes yeah. no sense to them. And I do the, too. The, the players, watching, like when I'm watching, I, I do too. Courts, what, our, I, our live stream, our yeah. broadcast is one thing. The live stream courts. Where there's not the same rules and regulations, yeah, you can't tell. Yeah, it, it's it's terrible, it and, and it's re- and it's really as as a fan, as an outsider, it's damn near unwatchable. If you cannot tell and distinguish who's bag, you know who's throwing what bags. Anyway, we can talk about this another time. No, we're, we're, no, we need to bring it up with we, we need to bring it up with a player that's coming on because I'm yeah, I'd okay. like to get their opinion on it because they seem to be upset by it every time they get asked to change bags. Okay, so good. I, I, you know. Good timing. And the, the other thing is we got to do something with, with the colleges to make them identifiable. No one knew which team was Georgia Southern. No one knew which team was South Carolina. No one knew, you know, which team was, was, uh, um, what was it? A- Aiden, not Aiden, Adrian college. Yeah. No we need knew, to, no one, which knew, knew which players with Adrian college. We had no, to, one we knew, had, no one knew who, 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 who South Carolina was. Yeah. We have to find a way to get them in their school colors, but we have to know who the teams are ahead of time. You know, yeah. the jerseys aren't made in one or two days. So yeah, the problem exactly. is we didn't find out who was playing until very late in the process. Not yeah. enough time to get their jerseys done. So, yeah, I'm with and, you. And player and the last thing, player names on the template in the bottom in the, in the corner down here. Mm-hmm. If, if, the, if the player is on the top side of the board, that name needs to be on the top side. So if, 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 if you and I are playing, you're on the back side of the boards. I'm on the near side of the boards. Your right. name needs to be on top. My name needs to be on the bottom. I mean, there just needs to be a better way so that when someone tunes in, they know. Oh, yeah, they're supposed to be doing that on the side before the matches start, but there's usually not a lot yeah. of time to get it all done in the truck. But yeah, I'm with, I, dude. I'm with you. I'm with you on all yeah. these. Actually, just a few things that need to be tweaked. Just, just, just to make sure we're letting everybody 
enjoy and identify, you know, the maximize their cornhole watching experience. Sure. hundred <laughs> percent. All right. All right. We got to get to our guest. I'm so sorry. Um, we've delayed him long enough. So our guest today, awesome dude. And I know I say that every week, but we've got some great players in the league. We truly yeah. do. Like I, I truly feel blessed that I get to walk around these gyms, these arenas, these, these, you know, convention centers that we play in and literally walk up to any player and just start a conversation and, and ask questions. And our guest today, he's a three-time national winner. He's another one of those guys. The difference with our guest today is that like we can throw out all these analytical questions, right? I'm not so sure there there's a more analytical player in yeah. our sport. I mean, he literally you, you don't see it when he's playing because he hides it well, but he literally goes bag for bag and and calculates winning percentage of that shot, of that match. I mean, it's just all these things that go through his head. He's a brilliant player. So anyway, and a terrific guy. So please welcome to Borderline, a guy who's absolutely on fire this year, and we're happy to have him on, Kyle Malone. And hopefully he's there and didn't just go quick. Yep. We, we've Technology. been talking for 17 minutes, yeah. and, he, and he's probably he's, like, you know what? Screw these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. On. We're not even going to talk to him. I'm not even going to talk to him. Yeah. And sure enough, so he's just going to hang up, and there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Technology's awesome. No, he's trying to come back in now. So again, welcome to Borderline. There he is, Kyle Malone. Kyle made it. Malone. What's up, Kyle? Hey, you got hey us? Guys, what's up? Yeah, I'm mean, a little uh, breaking up a little bit, but technology issues. Where are you? Where are you at? So, so one, one of my one of my favorite sports radio uh, talk show guys was Steve Zabin. He used to do this bit all the time, Bertie. I don't know if you ever listened to him. He used to, he used to when, when people would call in, he'd always encourage truckers to call in. And so he, he, he'd say, where are you at and what you hauling? That was always his, that was always his <laughs> big thing. So Kyle Malone, where are you at and what you hauling? <laughs> I think we lost Kyle. Yeah, um, we lost Kyle again. Actually just now, now I'm here. Uh, you got breaking up a little bit. Right, yeah. So unfortunately, Kyle's got a bad signal. So it looks like he's in his car mm -hmm. somewhere. So we'll see if yeah. we can get him. We'll see if we can get him back. But and then, uh, but I don't know. Maybe we will have time if we can't get Kyle. Maybe we will have time to talk about all those we, issues. We were apparently, about. we're going to have all day to talk about <laughs> these issues. Let's all right, see. Kyle, you got us. Yeah, he's still breaking up. And normally, normally it's on my end. And I would take 100% responsibility, but this time we got a full signal on our end. It's all right. And I know we, you do too. We, we got we got time to run it. So anyway, so I didn't mean to go on that little rant, but. No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I, uh, I Especially, there it is. Now he's there. There we go. Kyle, <laughs> hey, you got us now? Yeah, I got you. I was uh, sitting out here because it's a little loud inside. So where are you at? I mean, I'm we know you're in the car. Yeah, I'm just sitting at home. It's a uh, kind of loud inside. My niece. Is Where, where's home? You're down. You're in Lakeland, Florida, right? Yes, sir. All right, good. So, d could you hear anything we were talking about as far as, as far as bag colors? Um, I heard a little bit, um, before you turned me on. Um, yeah, I get it. Um, some players, I think, just they get stuck with just one set and they fall in love with it. So is it, is it, is this an issue like what Bernie's saying? Like, like, I mean, is it, is it really an issue? Like the players just really don't want to play with different colors of bags? 
or it's just different bags, right? They just kind of fall in love with, like you said, like they, they fall in love with one set, even though it's the same exact bag. Once you've thrown one X amount of time, it's more broken in than the others. Yeah. And we've been telling them for years, just break in two sets of bags and have them with you. Because like you're saying on TV, we want more than just the dyed in the wool cornhole fan to watch. But like you're saying, Jeff, if they can't tell who's who, it's, it, it becomes less interesting and they yeah. turn off the TV and it's just, it's, it's an issue because it's never been, we're just doing it to make people mad. We're doing it because it's, it's a broadcast issue, but yeah, it, it, it always causes trouble. I've also found that um, different colors also break in different. I don't know if it has to do with the dye or um, how thick the material might be to make it that particular color. Um, but I know certain colors break in different. Um, that's oh, so I interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like your light, your think, uh, black bags break in very well. I think they take longer to break in. Because, hmm. because, and maybe because the dye is thicker. Is that is that maybe like what you're talking about? It, it has to. Be, it has to be something. I mean, yeah. I, you can feel it as a player. Um, I know a lot of people are probably saying that's a lot of nonsense, but if you ask a lot of the pros, a lot of colors do break in differently. Um, brighter colors obviously break in a little more loose. Than darker colors. Darker colors to me stay thicker. Hmm. It's just it's the material. It has nothing to do with the resin or anything. Isn't that crazy? That actually that actually doesn't. And I don't know it much about sense. it. I mean, we, we have we have bag manufacturers on from time to time. So that'd be a great question for Mark Pryor. Uh, and, um, I've, I've had that, I've had pretty in depth conversations with him about breaking in ultra bags. Yeah, I know that a lot of the times when sponsors send out bags too, they only send one set of every series they have. So then in turn, you only just start playing with that one set. And it probably just slips a lot of players' minds to just, hey, let me get another set. Yeah. Because, well, it, I mean, it, it is a problem. No, I mean, we've had issues in the past where, you know, it's usually it's either done by ranking or by uh, your seed in the tournament, you know, who who changes bags. But, I mean, you know, you get to a broadcast and then all of a sudden you've got to play with brand new bags. It has an effect on your game. You're not going to play as well. But at the same time, we can't, you just simply can't allow the same color bags on a broadcast. And it's the streaming doesn't bother me as much because the only people watching us on the streaming channels are hardcore cornhole people. You're not getting a random person online <laughs> kind of flipping through on their computer going, oh, wow, I'll watch this for two hours. That's, yeah. that, that's not happening. But, yeah. you know, the, but as far as the TV broadcast, the linear broadcast on network television, I mean, you're getting a lot of average people that don't really know the sport all that well. And you're right, Jeff. I mean, to, to, to see the same color up there just throws people off. They have a hard time with it. Yeah, they have they have to have a stark contrast. I, I think, I mean, isn't it kind of interesting, though, Kyle? I mean, I think we've gotten to the point now where these conversations need to be had. Like, we, I, th I think, and, and I, know, I know maybe it bothers, well, I don't know if it bothers you or not, but, but you know, just from what little chat we've had here with Bernie, you know, maybe that maybe that bothers some players, but I mean, I, I think these conversations need to be had because whether or not you guys like it or not, the ratings have been really good. I mean, cornhole. I mean, according to the guys at at ESPN with Tupelo and that kind of stuff, our our cornhole broadcasts have been um, had better numbers than a lot of college basketball broadcasts. So there's a lot of people who are watching you guys. So these conversations need to be had. I mean. Do you guys ever talk about that? I mean, does this does this matter to, to you guys and the pros? Um, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. It's just like Bernie said. Um, we've we've been told it's in the rules. 
Um, there's there's no reason, you know, unless you're just not reading the rules or just don't care. That's the only thing I can think of is you're just not you just don't care. You probably think, oh, it's who's how am I going to walk up to a board and somebody else has yellow bags? <laughs> they probably think it'll never happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they just and it's like you said, Bernie, like, I mean, we've been told it's in the rules. There's no reason we can't read it. Yeah, and, well, but I, did, I I I wasn't aware that the pros are only sending you one version of each set that you get. I would um, think well, it's just like for a starter pack kind of thing, and I think right. players are getting used to that one particular series, and they just just slips their mind. You know, hey, who else is going to have purple bags? Right. Who else is going to have orange bags or green or whatever it is? And I think it just slips a lot of players' minds until it actually starts happening. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah. it's like, oh man, I'm in the semifinals on national television. I can't play with my bags. Well, now, if your name's Mark Richards, you can just throw down pink gladiators and pick up a green set and be just as good. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I think Alex yeah. Rawls did that. I think Alex did that. He too. did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it might have been, might have been a little bit of gamesmanship behind that. Yeah. And, and Mark said, don't care. Wanted anyway. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, speaking speaking of high level play, Kyle, you are playing so well this year, and and I I had the pleasure of being able to to call a couple of your matches in the live stream on your way to the pro shootout final in Myrtle Beach. Um, I hated that we had to stop. Yeah. Because I wanted to see because because I thought Jamie was playing pretty good too. You were on fire. Like I wanted to see that final. So for those who don't know, we uh, we we played the pro the the first pro shootout, which is going to be in a few weeks, uh, Super Bowl weekend down in Arizona. Um, we played it in Myrtle Beach all the way down to the finals. So we we have to wait all the way until Arizona to see that. How badly did you just want to play Jamie right there and and try and win that thing? As crazy as it's going to sound, Jeff, I it didn't matter to me. Huh. It didn't matter to me. I was I was going to beat him that day. I'm going to beat him in February. That was my mindset. Um, what I what I did and took away from that was I have five weeks to go home, work, think about it, get ready. And in a way, I finished that tournament. Now I got four games to forty grand. That's my mindset. That's uh, you know, it's interesting because I was calling a lot of the streaming matches that day, and I I, I said it on on the live stream. I was like, you know, if they played today, Kyle Malone wins. It just you were you were the best player in that building. I don't think I mean it's just you could go up pro to pro, man to man, woman to woman, and ask anyone in that building who's the best player in this building right now. One hundred percent of them would have said Kyle Malone. So how do you stay there? Like how, I mean. It's impossible to stay 100% all the time, but how, like, how, how, how are you finding that you're able to kind of keep that mindset? I don't care if we play today. I don't care if we play in two months. Whenever, I'm still going to beat him. Like, how can you stay right there with your game? Keep working. You know, I've been, I've been putting a lot of work in um, over the last few months, um, you know, coming off of the offseason. I had one goal in mind this year, and that was to be the best player that I can be. And I want to get out of that only being known for doubles and I want to be the best player that I can be all around and um being in the first being in the finals of the first pro event of the year that um gave me a lot of confidence you know and I actually wanted to go home and think about it and work a little harder and get you know keep improving and it's I mean I'm only going to get better through the year that's how I feel about it as long as I keep working 
keep doing what I'm supposed to do, I'll be okay. Well, you just absolutely stole one of my questions right off my <laughs> piece of paper here because I was going to ask you, as I introed you as a three-time national winner, they are in doubles, and I was going to ask you how much you are focused on beating that this year and winning a singles title on your own. But I think we very maybe determined. have our answer already. <laughs> very determined. Um, it, like I said, it just it's not even about, you know, if I win another doubles national this year, I win another doubles tournament this year, it's... I'll accept it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I just want to be the best overall player I can be. Kyle, uh, Jeff kind of alluded to this earlier. I've always thought this as well. You've always been one of the more cerebral players when you're playing the game. You're always thinking through the match T to me at a higher level than some of the other pros. I mean, you're really thinking through each bag differently than some of the others where they're just grabbing and throwing sometimes. And what is, what is flipped the switch from being that guy and maybe, maybe, maybe being too cerebral at times. Does that make it maybe being so cerebral that you're kind of overthinking at times in the past to where you've kind of found this nice balance to where you're still thinking your way through matches, but now you're playing at such an elite, elite level. And, and maybe that makes it easier when you know you can hit every shot. It's pretty easy to think your way through it, right? Exactly. Um, as long as you're confident and you know that you're going to make that very next shot, like you said, it's a very big deal. Um, breathing through every shot, making sure your, you know, your breasts are right. Because if you're not breathing, you're not relaxed. Period. So true. Um, you have to throw that next bag. So it's better just to say, make this next bag and go to the next round. You know, um, if you're not if you're not executing every shot perfect in this day in cornhole, you're probably not going to do very well. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a great word you just used, too, because I, I was just talking to Kat Halbert yesterday, uh, who, who you had a chance to or she had a chance to watch you play in the regional just over the past weekend. And she said, you are just executing at such a high level right now. And, and we were both saying, you know, it's not that you have any crazy wild shots like an Eric Davis. Your execution is just so high right now. So how do you how do you practice that? How do you, how do you, how do you, you know what I mean? Is it just throwing bags? Is it the mental yeah. game? How, how do you become that type of player? It's really just throwing bags. Um, I set up a set of boards and just throw four bags down and back. That's it. I don't work on nothing. The minute you start working on something too much, you know, you're going to set up a shot five times in a row until you hit it and then go try to slide four bags in the hole. Right. It's going to be really difficult. If you try to, if you're going to set up a, you know, a bar of soap, for instance, while you're practicing and try to hit it and it takes you six times to hit that shot. Now try to go throw four bags in the hole after you just slung the slick side a hundred miles an hour, <laughs> six times in a row. Right. It's not going to work out very well for you. So really it's getting in there and getting in the game situation. You get four bags. That's all you get to work with. The minute you start throwing eight, 12 to pick up bags that you threw 10 bags ago, you start getting in bad habits. You get four bags to throw in one round, and that's all I practice. That's that's such a good, that's such wow. a smart idea. And it's such a, because I was going to add, because there is this, you know, I don't know if we'd call it a debate, but amongst the pros, like, do you practice situationally? Like going and setting up, you know, like you're saying, like trying to get a bar of soap or setting up bags on the board to work on certain shots, or do you just, just make bags, just make bags, just make bags. And like, like you're saying, I guess you're just making bags. 
like do you, you so you make but, bags until the situation comes i mean if a situation will come to itself you know as you're throwing if you're throwing for two three hours four hours a day true you'll 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 get those situations come up that you need to work on getting out of and grabbing your own bags versus trying to get around another one Wow, this this is so interesting, isn't yeah. it, Bernie? Because you're yeah. right. This, I mean, this this is a different, this is a totally different mental philosophy than we've heard a lot of other players talk about. Because Bernie, you're right. Like we talked to like a, oh gosh, I, I think maybe it was a Jordan Power, who literally puts bags on different parts of the board and practices little situational get arounds, whatever. But you're saying that you just throw bags and you just let situations naturally and organically just arise. Like That's if I get a bag, you know, like when, when you get in a situation, you know, if you got a bag hanging that you want to drag, like me, I'm not going to roll. I don't have a roll shot. I'll admit it. It's terrible. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you got a bag that you're going to drag, more than not, it's going to be your own bag that you're trying to drag. So if you slide, 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 you hang one. Now you can shoot an airmail to try to get it back. That's your situational practice. You know what I mean? just trying to get your own bag versus, yeah, you know. Can I, can I ask you something real quick? And I don't mean to put you on the spot, <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> so it, it, is, it, is, it is my opinion, albeit probably very unpopular, as much as I respect and love watching <laughs> Eric Davis and, and, and players like Tony Smith, I love watching them play live. Kyle, you played baseball. Um, uh, I think you're a pitcher, right? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm a huge baseball guy. You, you probably know that by now. And, and I love watching a pitcher who has four or five different pitches, right? I, I love that. And I love that Tony has that. And I love that Eric has that. But in my opinion, I don't think that type of player is going to be able to, to win at a high level, at a championship level consistently. What is your opinion on that? Do you feel like someone with that type of style of game can 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 win consistently at a championship level. Um, let's take Eric Zav- uh, take Eric Davis for an example. Now that you've already mentioned him, um, he's a perfect example. So he's either going to win throwing under a nine, or he's going to lose throwing under a nine. Yeah. He is not going to throw a nine seven nine eight or better. He might, you know, the first three games. If they're short games and he put you know, through a few four baggers, he's going to have a high average. As the day gets longer and longer, you'll see him around that nine to nine two range, and he's either going to win throwing that or he's going to lose throwing that. Sometimes it's even less, and I've seen him win a bracket out of open. So it's really like a. It all matters who you play in the tournament too, on the way there. Like That's if you played another another role player. Eric Davis is just that much better of a role player than everybody else. So if he plays another role player, he's probably going to win. But if he plays a slider, you know, like, let's say, uh, who's a good example? Um, Well, Mark Mark Richards, Mark Richards pretty much was hole for hole last year, right? There you go. Mark Richards. um, You know, he starts putting bags in the hole, going around his blocks and making every bag. Eric's going to give up four or five. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, so it's I, like a you have to be really committed to playing it if you're going to play it. Yeah, but I, I it's it's so funny because I, 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 I originally I, I like to play devil's advocate with Jeff because I think there's so many more players, especially now when you see the youth movement, they're all throwing dirtier style of game. 
you don't have a lot of kids coming up just that are slide players. But I kind of agree with Jeff that eventually you're going to get up against a slide player like you, a Tanner Halbert, you know, Matt Guy to a degree where, you know, they're going to make so many bags that you're leaving bags on the – you're leaving too many bags on the board playing that side. You're, you're, because you're, you're giving up points that you can't afford to give up. And, you know, as a slide player, what are you going to give up? Twos when you lose a round more than likely? Yep. A dirty player has chances to give up fives, sevens. And that's completely changes how the match is played. So I'm um, actually kind of – because we've had, we've had other announcers on here, like an Anthony Ione, for example, who can't stand a slide game. Can't stand to watch it. Can't stand to call it. But it's true – I think that you have to be able, like you, but you still can hit cut shots. You can still do, you're not just a straight slide. I mean, it is a slide airmail game, but you can get around bags if you have to. And, and like, you know, there's certain players like a Damon Dennis, even though he's added kind of this half cut to his game and a Matt guy and kind of the old school where it's slide airmail. That's all I'm doing. That's almost becoming passe because you have to be able to do something else to score nowadays on an elite level. But, uh, but you guys always say that about Damon Dennis, and then he always proves you wrong. <laughs> right? And what's funny, at, when we were in Myrtle Beach, he came up to me. He's like, you need to quit throwing all that, that dirt on that shovel. And I was like, what? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, we ain't dead yet. I was like, I know. But yeah, yeah, another, another, guy, another, another good example is Frank Modlin, right? I mean, we're always – I, I, um, I think it was Mike Morton who said this, and it was, it was just so perfect. He said, you know, with Frank Modlin, we're always talking about whoever Frank Modlin is throwing against because it's so much more exciting, right? This player is throwing a roll bag. This this player is this player is, is you know throwing a cut bag. This yeah. player, you know, get around, staying skinny, whatever. I mean, all, all these things. <laughs> but yet at the end of the day, even though we're always talking about this opponent, it's Frank who walks off the court as the winner. Nothing sexy, yeah. but he's nope. getting it done. Another nope. good example. The goal of the game is to put bags on the hole, not leave yes. them on the board. Agreed. There you Agreed. go. And, and you know what? Going back, to, going back to our baseball analogy, too. Oh, by the way, Bernie, I wanted to say this to you. You're right. That younger generation of, of player is, is, just, is just uber into this, into this uh, carpetbag game, right? But I will tell you, I had a fascinating conversation. Who, who's the taller of the Gore kids? Jackson. 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 Had a great conversation with him. And he flat out told me uh, during the, during the offseason, what small offseason you guys have, um, he started watching video and he said, you know what? I got to start putting more bags in the hole. That's exactly I, what I've been saying, because I, that's look, another thing with the Eric Davis and the Tony Smith, you got bags yeah. going all over the place. Yeah. You know, somewhat, not, not only are you giving up significant points on a round, it's bad TV. And that's where I come from because <laughs> when people at home start seeing you throwing bags off the board, well, should I do that? I do it in the backyard all the time. I don't want to turn on TV and see it. Right. You know, don't don't throw it don't throw it off the board. I want to see it in the board. I want to see I, I want to see on the board in the hole. I don't want me, to see it off the board. Let, let me ask Kyle this Kyle, Kyle, if you could get Eric Davis to throw over a 10, don't you think he'd be hard to beat? If you just got him to throw bags in the hole and then when he needed to hit a crazy shot. Everybody else would have this much of a chance of Eric Davis <laughs> playing the style again he played. So, so true. So true. I mean, I I saw him last weekend. I mean, I saw him in Myrtle Beach and open doubles. And he was playing with Caden Allen. He, I mean, he just threw a he threw a twelve foot high airmail and hit the backside of two bags. Sitting up like, <laughs> what do you do with that? Yeah. yeah, why? <laughs> Is that even necessary? <laughs> 
Hey, Kyle, speak, speaking of all the, speaking of all the, the way that you have been so analytical um, with, with the game, I, I think I remember this right. Can you, can you tell me the story or maybe clarify that? I think you told me this maybe a couple of years ago about, about you and I talked about muscle memory and how important your, your mechanics are. I mean, we talk about the strategy of the game a lot, obviously, and the analysis of that, but, but the, j- just the mechanics of your throw did, didn't you tell me that you used to practice at night? Uh, later in when, the afternoon, yeah. As, or, or, or when uh, you couldn't, or, when, or, may, or maybe, maybe when you couldn't see the board because you were just trying to focus on your mechanics. Yeah, I would. Um, I would either do that or I would stay out a little bit later on purpose, you know, to uh, get that darker scene where I, you know, it's I got to really focus to see the whole, not particularly pitch black, but you know, just getting into dusk where I can barely see the hole and I got to really focus my eyes to see it because that's going to help me focus better, you know, to be, have to look through the dark and really look at the hole is going to help me concentrate better. Wow. So you really are focused on going, going every bag in the holes. So, all right. So let's talk about yeah. your mechanics. How do you practice yeah. your mechanics? How do you throw? How did you, how did you become the player that you are? Like what's what's comfortable for you? How did you decide that you were going to be, you know, a stationary thrower or or a step, you know, a step guy? Like how did how did you how did you get comfortable with your your current style? Um, it took a lot of tweaking um, to get something comfortable that I liked. Um, when I first started, I was left foot forward and I slung the bag. <laughs> Let me tell you, I threw <laughs> the bag really hard. Um, but back but back then when I started, that was nine years ago. We had all suede and duck cloth. We had super half-inch bouncy boards. We had a lot of different factors that we had to play through back then. And I got so comfortable with just hopping everything over everybody on that half-inch stuff that really just a slide game is all I – slide and airmail game is all I really know how to do. Like when it comes to making a bag bounce, I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if it's just half-inch boards and I can just throw a normal bag and it's just going to hop right over (laughs) – that's how we used to play back then. So I guess. But you changed up your. You obviously have changed up your stance since then, though. Yep, I'm a lot shorter, uh, different foot. I don't throw the bag as hard. Um, I'd rather play the top half of the board than the bottom. So. Interesting. Hey, well, I've, I've got a question for you, Kyle, because I remember a couple of years ago, I believe it was 2020, and we were in Atlanta for that shootout. Was that two years ago now? God, it seems like it was yesterday in a way. But, and I spoke to you just in passing. We were just kind of passing each other. I was coming in, you were going out. And basically, you were just being kind of glib and not real happy about the way you were playing. You, you could just tell that you mentally weren't there. What, When and where did the change happen? Because you've gone from a player that's been kind of struggling, you know, with I don't know exactly how to put it, but you, you were always an elite-level player. And then there was this kind of dip for a while where Kyle Malone kind of disappeared from that quote-unquote elite level. And now you're back. Now you're that guy again. What happened? Where was the change? What, what was it in your mind? I mean, what, what happened? Um, I think it was a lot of life changes that I made. Um, you know, I, before Worlds, you know, I was, I was doing well. I was sitting 14th rank. Um, you know, then I went through my suspension. Um, we don't have to get into all that. But <laughs> I, uh, I was in a really, really tough spot in life. Um, I wasn't happy with myself. Um, I wasn't happy with any of the decisions I was making. Um, it got to a point where, you know, I even 
it was hard to even get me out of the house to go do anything with my kid. Um, I just wasn't happy. And over the last few months, I've, um, I've really got, I've gotten back in the gym. I feel good about myself. Um, I've been practicing a lot more. I'm a lot more confident. And um, that, that really makes a whole lot of difference when it comes to this game is confidence in yourself and in your game. Kyle, that's so powerful, and I'm so happy to hear you say that. What what other specific changes have you made? I mean, that's something we talk about on the show is how do you overcome life's challenges? So what, I mean, you, you said you went back to the gym. What other changes have you made that have that have had a positive effect on, on your game and your life? Um, self-discipline, really. Um, you know, telling myself, you know, like it, it might sound, it might sound crazy, but, you know, sitting inside and there's something I have to go do and, you know, just not really feeling like going to do it and just telling myself, hey, get your dumb ass up and go do it. It's not that hard. Just go do it. So, you know, in there, I just kind of started disciplining myself and making myself be more active, um, you know, taking the stress off of life, being out and about, going to the gym, pressing it off. It's nice. It really is. Was there was there somebody who... I just went to church this last weekend, right? And they're talking about how life is not meant to be done alone. And I love that. I love that line. Um, and I feel like it's true in my life. You can't do things on your own. You, you always need help. Is there, is, is there somebody who's been helping you? Is there a mentor? Is there somebody that you've relied on to help you kind of turn this corner? My kids, man. Um, I hate, I hated seeing you know, my mom having to take my daughter out to go do something because I just don't feel like going anywhere. That's not acceptable. It's not, it's not good dad qualities. You know what I mean? It's all of the above. And I realized at that point that I had to do something. I had to get up. I had to go out. I had to make myself be happy. You know what I mean? For my kids sake. So, you know, having, having them around they're they're big blessings for me. So was it like I'm, depression? I'm that, down, I just think of them. Was it like depression you were having to deal with then or anxiety or a little bit of both? I think or? it was. I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I just, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't good. You know, I just wasn't in a very good mindset. That's, that's hey, so, that's right, right, so, you and I talk about on the show all the time. I'm, I'm 52 years old and it's a daily struggle for me. Seriously. It's, it's something that I have to deal with to this day. And it's, it's not easy. There's days when it's so much easier just to sit at home kind of in a dark room and just hide. Right. It's so much easier, even though it's not because you realize all it's doing is compounding what's going on in your head anyway, but you feel like you're escaping it when all you're doing is letting it just trounce on you even more. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful stuff, man. I, I, I'm glad you said that. And, and uh, Kyle, I love that you said that you are forcing yourself to get out of the house because something I've always told my kids, never est underestimate the power of having someplace to be. Just get out. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, besides, you know, besides going and, you know, pressure washing and working, I just, I just come straight home and go in my room, no TV, no nothing, like you said, Bernie, and just lay there and not talk to anybody and it wasn't good it just it wasn't healthy it wasn't good there was nothing there's nothing i miss about doing that yeah because so. once your brain turns on you right what what once you once you become your own worst enemy it's not good at all you've almost lost at that point yeah and uh, it takes a lot to pull you out of that and 
me having my kids there is if I didn't have them, I honestly don't know where I'd be right now. I might not be sitting here talking to y'all right now if I didn't have my kids. They're very important to me. Wow, very that's awesome. Yeah, love that story, Kyle. Appreciate you sharing that. And and gosh darn it, unfortunately, we gotta go. We got like <laughs> always have seconds left. But hey, dude, you 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 are playing so well right now. It's such a high level, and and to hear the fact that you've been battling back and what you've had to deal with to come back makes it even more special. You'd never even know, brother. I mean, you look so good, and you're playing so you're playing so good. I love talking to you. I love all of our conversations. So thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Bernie. I really appreciate you guys. It was fun. And, uh, yeah, man. Hope we'll do it. We'll do it soon. again. And I cannot wait to watch you guys in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go. I'm excited. <laughs> I got a few more weeks of practice, and I'll be, I'll be ready to go. I know. Right on, right, brother. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Take care, Kyle. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Oh man, what a great talk! I, I, I again, maybe we got to run. I had no idea that he was going through that stuff. Yeah. We all got a story, right? We all yes, got sir. a story. We all have a journey. That's tough, man. It's uh, that one hit home. That one hit home. Yep. All right, good stuff. Um, and thanks again to Kyle for coming on and sharing that story. That's that's impressive and playing at such a high level, uh, as well. What a great comeback! All right, Bernie, have a good week, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. We'll see you. All right, bye, everybody.